Do you know the key to getting results? Of course you do. It's taking action. So if you find yourself procrastinating, if you feel overwhelmed, if you're telling yourself you're too busy, or you've maybe got that all or nothing thing going on in your head where you got to do it perfectly, well, This is an episode you're going to want to listen to from beginning to end because I'm going to be giving you the three keys to taking imperfect action, to being consistent, to staying motivated. And if you know that taking action is what you need in order to get those goals, to hit those goals that you've set for yourself, whether it's for 2023 or if you're listening to this In 2024, I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but if that's something you want, well, then without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Happy and Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Lang, and this podcast is dedicated to my fellow women in STEM. After working in high tech for 10 years, in 2004, I became the proud owner of Pacific Heights Health Club in San Francisco, where I worked with thousands of clients over the span of 15 years to help them reach their health and fitness goals. Now I'm sharing what I've learned about what works as well as what doesn't work when it comes to making healthy habits stick. So if you wanna find out what it takes to achieve lasting weight loss, to create deep health, and feel empowered to live the life you want. You're in the right place. Episode number 163. Well, hi there, Amy here. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you're following me on Instagram or Facebook, then you probably saw the post where I announced that Matt and I got a puppy. Her name is Moxie, and she is a wonderful, beautiful, smart Bernie Doodle. And she is currently, I think, about 25, maybe 27 pounds. We're not sure because we haven't weighed her in the last week, but she looks like she's grown. And when we first took her to the vet on Valentine's Day back on February 14th, she already weighed 23.7 pounds and she definitely looks a little bigger now. So I wanted to talk about some of the parallels, if you will, (laughs) between training Moxie and habits, kind of the thing that they have in common. Well, I'm just going to use it as an example or a metaphor, if you will. All right. So she is currently again about 25 pounds. And I remember a couple weeks ago when we first brought her home, Matt was actually sort of almost lying on the ground and kind of half sitting, half lying. And she climbed up and sat on his chest and actually sort of rested her head (laughs) on his head too. So, and just a few days ago, he told me that when she was feeling a little skittish, she was 
not content to just sit in his lap. She was actually trying to climb up and sit on his shoulders, like closer to his head. So it's one thing for a cute little puppy to do this when she's 25 pounds. But the breeder has told us that um, we should expect her to grow to be about 75 pounds. So clearly what we allow her to do today, we have to be thinking about, is this something that we want her to be doing when she's 75 pounds? At least that's what I keep reminding Matt about. Like, oh, it's cute now, but <laughs> I don't want her doing that when she's 75 pounds. And I thought, what a great way to keep in mind the different habits that we have now. And if we keep doing those habits, are they going to serve us or are they going to, or what's a better way to put it? Um, are they going to help us or are they going to harm us really at the end of the day, right? So when I talk about things like getting seven to nine hours of quality sleep, most people would say that's a habit that's going to serve us. If I say staying hydrated, that's one that's going to serve us. So when I talk about those fundamental five habits, this is why I think they're so important to start as that foundation for you. Okay, so it's now the end of February when this, this particular episode is going to be published. I want you to be thinking about taking imperfect action. So if you are feeling overwhelmed, maybe you had a New Year's resolution and you tried for a couple weeks and then maybe you've already decided you're not doing that anymore, but you still in the back of your mind have a goal in mind and you know that you're not taking action and it's that action that's required for you to get the result you want. So whether you're feeling overwhelmed, you're too busy, um, maybe you find yourself procrastinating, like I do that when it comes to decluttering, right? So procrastinating because you're thinking about the whole project as opposed to bringing it down to a size that you can handle. Or maybe you've got some perfectionism in you. Like, um, I remember one of my first managers told me, Amy, you're a perfectionist. At some point, you're going to have to figure out when something is good enough. Like, what's that effort required? But if any of those thoughts, if you will, right? So it has to be perfect. I can't, I can't make a mistake. It has to go exactly the way I planned it, the way I see it in my head. Um, or I don't know where to start. If any of those kind of thoughts are running around in your head, what I want to do is give you three simple rules or guidelines, if you will, to help you take imperfect action. Because as Harry S. Truman said, imperfect action is better than perfect inaction. So the the three things are to make it simple, to make it easy, 
and to make it significant. So let me go through and break down what I mean for each one. When I say to keep it simple or to make it simple, I'm talking about defining what that action is that you're going to take in very specific terms. So James Wedmore uses the expression binary action. I love that. I don't know if he came up with that or if he got that from someone else, but I'm, that's, this is who I heard it from, okay? So binary action literally means you can say, yes, I did it, or no, I didn't. And when the reason I want you to be thinking about this is because oftentimes we keep those actions that we want to take kind of vague. I actually think it's our brain trying to protect us. Like if we keep it vague, then we don't really know. And if we don't really know, then if we don't do it, it's not necessarily clear that we didn't do it. You see where I'm going with this? So if we can make it simple, like, okay, if my goal, we'll take one of the fundamental five. If my goal is to drink half my body weight in ounces of water. So let's say you weigh 200 pounds. We'll just keep the math really simple, right? You weigh 200 pounds and you want to drink 100 ounces of water. But currently, maybe you're drinking four glasses of water a day. So that's four times eight is 32 ounces. Well, to go from 32 ounces to 100 ounces is a really big leap. Probably not necessarily something you think of as easy, which was my second tip, right? To make it easy. But we want to get there eventually. So would you benefit from drinking, instead of 32 ounces, drinking 40 ounces? So one more glass of water a day. Could you figure out how to get one more glass of water into your system a day. And by the way, when I say stay hydrated, it doesn't have to be just water. It can be the fruits that you eat. Veggies tend to have a ton of water in them as well. What we're going for literally is to help your body stay hydrated. And oftentimes when we're not drinking enough water, our body kind of adjusts to that state of stress, if you will. So it's gotten accustomed to operating at that lower level of hydration. But make no mistake, it doesn't mean that you're operating at an optimal level. It just means that your body's figured out how to deal with it, how to cope with it. But you're kind of putting it under stress, unnecessary stress. So this is why I say, let's work on being a little better hydrated. Okay, so... Keeping it simple means literally I'm saying, okay, to keep it simple, I'm literally just going to add one extra glass of water a day. Now let's get super specific. When are you going to do that? Can you find something else that you're already doing that can trigger you to add that glass? So that's number one, simple. Okay. And the second one then is to make it easy. Now, easy is interesting because easy is all about our perception. What's easy for me may be really hard for you. 
or what's really easy for you may be hard for me. So at the end of the day, all I care about is that you believe that it's easy. Okay. And what we're really trying to do is kind of like stretch your comfort zone. I don't want to trigger that fear response in you. I don't want to trigger that that part of your brain that says, oh, this is too hard. And then your brain starts looking for reasons why you can't do something because it doesn't like the discomfort. We're just going to stretch it a little bit. Okay, so it's going to only take a little bit of courage to get out of your comfort zone. So let's say for you, maybe you don't really want to work on hydration. Maybe you've got that dialed in. Or maybe you really just don't have the desire to work on that. But you would like to get in more movement. So one of the other fundamental five is 30 minutes of mindful movement a day. And right now, maybe you're only getting like 10 minutes. 10 minutes of mindful movement. Well, could you add another two minutes? James Clear always talks about that two-minute habit, two-minute rule. Can you do something for two minutes? Could you hold a plank? Could you stretch? A couple stretches or three stretches right before bed. That could count. Again, we want to keep it simple. So do you know exactly which three stretches you're going to do that's going to help you with your sleep? So now you get that bonus. You get movement plus sleep. Can you... uh, What else was I going to say? Oh, so do you know exactly what stretches, when you're going to do them, why you're doing them, what it looks like? Again, we want to keep it really specific and we want to make it really easy where you're like, oh yeah, for me to do two minutes of stretching before I go to bed every night, I would rate that On a scale of 1 to 10, where 1 is really, really hard and 10 is a walk in the park, I would put that at like a 9 or 10. That's what I mean when I say I want it to be easy for you. Okay, so the fundamental five, I've talked about hydration. I've talked about 30 minutes of mindful movement a day. The other three are five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. We're looking for a ratio of two fruit to three veggies. I want you to make sure that you get all the colors of the rainbow in, that you're getting green leafy vegetables in as well. Okay. And if you can, I would really recommend that you go with whole fruit, whole vegetables. If you can't figure out how to do that, or you really don't like mm, fruits and vegetables that much, How about just experimenting? Like try out something you've never had before. Try out a fruit or vegetable that you've never had before or it's maybe never been prepared that particular way before and maybe you'll discover that you like something just by experimenting. And then try adding them to one of your meals. Or... Maybe lunch is a really nice, healthy salad, and you take care of three servings right there, along with some protein, and you get some fat with the with the dressing you're using, okay? So what I would prefer that you not do, so if you're going to do fruits and veggies, I want whole fruit if possible. Otherwise, 
dried fruit or veggies are good. Um, what I would really caution you against is juicing it because one of the key benefits of eating fruits and veggies, so we're talking about plants, is the fiber content that you get. Okay, so I talked about, um, what is it again? We talked about hydration. <laughs> we talked about movement. We talked about fruits and veggies. Seven to nine hours of sleep, restful sleep, high quality sleep. And then the fifth one is eating when you're hungry and more importantly, stopping when you're comfortably full. So that means you're learning how to tune into what your body is telling you and honoring those signals, okay? And what you eat actually can help with that. So when you're eating a lot of fruits and vegetables, that fiber will tell your stomach you're full. And if you get enough fat in that meal, the fat will oftentimes help tell your brain that you're satisfied, that you're sated. Okay, so those are the five fundamental habits that I would like you to focus on. At the end of the day, it literally doesn't matter which one you start with because we're going to go for all five. At one point in time, sometime in the future, you will have all five of those dialed in. So again, it doesn't matter which one you start with. What I really want you to do is, well, we have two goals in mind. One is to create a habit, so start with something. And two, because you're making it simple and you're making it easy, we are giving your brain evidence that this process works. And if you have a history of dieting where you actually have evidence of failing, that's how you've interpreted it, that you failed at it, we want to flip the script. So I want you again to be thinking about how do I make it easy? What can I do that's pretty simple? And then the third thing is to make it significant. And when I say significant, I mean that the actions that you're taking align with those long-term goals you have. We are playing the long game here. Okay. And so when I say a daily habit, well, we know that that frequency and the repetition helps to form habits. And if you're choosing something that you do daily, then that consistency over time and the cumulative effect or perhaps even the compound effect will help you see the significance of it sooner rather than later. And our brains are definitely wired for certainty. So it wants to see results sooner rather than later. What I want you now to do in response to that, so I'm going to give you two pro tips here. <laughs> okay. One is I want you to track what you're doing. Find a way to track it. And we want to track yes or no, we did it. And then we want to actually track some subjective things. So like, how easy was it might be a way to track how, how you feel about it. Or if you're tracking sleep and you're trying to get more sleep, maybe start noticing how you feel. If you're eating more fruits and vegetables, 
notice what your energy level might be like. So I want you to capture both objective as well as subjective data, okay? And then the second thing is we want to employ the plan, do, study, act cycle, the PDSA cycle, which means that we are focused on learning. Again, imperfect action. What we're trying to do is take action, see what works, maybe see what didn't work, all right? What we can learn from it, how do we, how do we adjust accordingly? So plan, do, study is you're going to look at the data that you tracked, right? And then plan, do, study, act. So we're going to actually take action based on our studying and adjustments. Maybe it should be plan, do, study, adjust. <laughs> Anyways, that's actually from Dr. Deming. So I'm not going to change it, but you get the idea, okay? So oftentimes when we talk about taking action and we're going for perfection, we're not anticipating anything going wrong. Oftentimes we don't actually have a plan B. So part of your make it simple or keep it simple and being specific may actually now over time include if then statements. Like if I can't make it to the gym, what am I going to do instead? to make sure that I'm able to say, yes, I did something or no, I didn't. Okay, so again, the three criteria that I want you to use when it comes to taking imperfect action are one, keep it simple, two, make it easy, and three, make it significant. So again, I know that what we're talking about here, when we're doing anything new, when there's change, we're going to be taking ourselves out of our comfort zone, which means it's going to require some discomfort and it's going to require some courage. So when it comes to imperfect action, I want you to remember what Harry Truman said, which is imperfect action is better than perfect inaction. And I'm going to leave you with a second quote by Brene Brown. And this has everything to do with getting you out of your comfort zone, that it's going to take some tiny acts of courage. Okay. And she says, we can choose courage or we can choose comfort, but we can't have both not at the same time. You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen C-L-U-B dot com. And sign up for my free mini course, How to Lose Weight for the last time. And remember, making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens.